Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Courage Revolution podcast. Today, I have had the pleasure to have Gabriel Alexander on, and he's doing some amazing stuff in the world of men's work, and I cannot wait to share him with you and with all the stuff that he's doing in the world. So, Gabriel, take it away. Jessica, thanks so much for having me. First and foremost, I appreciate even just the little back and forths we've been able to have just over the last couple of weeks on social media. And I feel honored to have been invited and uh, to deliver some value to your listeners, hopefully. And um, yeah, what would you like to cover first? I mean, I can just take this away and let you know what I do. Would you like a little background first? Yes. All right. Tell Let's... everybody a little bit about your history and what you're doing currently. Great. Let's start with some background then. So um, just to just to start from the very beginning, Obviously, I'm in men's work now. I'm, I've been working with men for a long period of time, but this all really started at literally from birth. I was born into a family where my parents were very outside the box. I'm actually the first of five boys, and uh, my father was a minister for 35 years, and he married my 18-year-old mother, and then uh, by I think within four years, they had me on the way, and they just never looked back after that. So I grew up in a sea of testosterone, uh, my family was also very much big on living outside of the norm and outside of the system. And so I was actually home educated. My mom was a writer and homeschool pioneer, wrote for the old schoolhouse magazine for a period of time. She like, actually has a fantastic book out uh, called, um, oh my goodness, Unlocking the Leader Within Your Child. So it's called Born to Lead, Unlocking the Leader Within Your Child. And it was an incredible book. And Anyway, she walked what she talked. She was always into alternative education. She could see very early on what was going on in our education system, not only the removal of God and the removal of morality, but also the injection of the agenda that we're really seeing on display in full force today. And so my brothers and I were raised very much outside the system, home educated. I lived all over the country, even lived internationally growing up, spent some time in Australia when I was nine or 10 years old. I was born in the Midwest, but lived all over the country and then um, ended up actually living up near Seattle for the last 20 years. So 1997, my family moved there and I left in 2020 during uh, the Great Awakening and found my way to North Texas. It sounds like a number of other people from the West Coast, yeah. such as yourself. Um, but man, what could I really give you? I have seen a lot. I've done a lot. I've probably had three or four lifetimes in as short of a life as I have had. And because of that, and, and what I was involved in, I think my parents raising me in leadership, constantly being the first one there, constantly being the last one to leave, always being willing to speak up, uh, leading different things, uh, activities or ministries, whatever they were doing in the church at the time, I was always heavily involved in the lifting of that. So I got very used to carrying responsibility. My parents raised me in a way where I managed my own money growing up. So rather than giving us an allowance to just spend on nonsense, they actually helped us budget, gave us money to spend on all of our needs, our clothes, our haircuts, our toiletries. And they taught us to balance budgets early. So we were raised very independent. I actually only had one job ever until this, until today. I've only been employed for a total of, I think, 12 months, six months at the age of 16 in a basement of a bakery. And then six months in the middle of 2008, when I worked for an HVAC engineering company, because my company was struggling. But outside of that, we were raised extremely entrepreneurial. I think I was eight years old 
by the time I was carrying or dragging, you know, a, a mower around the block with flyers I'd made up, sticking them on doors along the neighborhood and just trying to go, I need to find a way to earn and do something for myself so that I'm not constantly enslaved to somebody else. And all of these things that my parents raised me to do, whether it be lead, communicate, educate, earn, be entrepreneurial and outside of the system, it all played very much into who I became as an individual overall by the time I was in my mid-20s. Nobody could tell me what to do. I had my own company. I started my first official company at the age of 19. It was a construction and service company that actually still exists up in Washington State. I have nothing to do with it. Somebody else runs it off of a laptop in Florida. And so I kind of had a little bit of freedom to do what I wanted to do. And then in my mid-20s, I actually jumped into artist management and representation as an agent. So I worked as a, a touring manager. I worked as an artist manager with branding. Artists would come to me and say, help us get our brand and our image and our business built. Some of those artists ended up having a lot of success in the independent world. And I actually had a couple of artists that were actually signed to major labels as well. And so I did that for 10 years. I want to say I started in 2009. And then, you know, I've been, I got married at the age of 20. I think we just celebrated 18 years last month. Um, 18 awesome. years of marriage. I have two daughters now. We home educate. And uh, it's been a fun ride. But 2019 was when kind of everything really changed for me. Over the years from, you know, probably my late 20s to my mid 30s, I had a number of people reach out to me and just ask, how do I do what you're doing? Why do you have so much freedom? And of course, they begin to see the fruit in my family as well. Why do your kids behave like that? Why do you teach them like that? How are you able to just pick up and go wherever you want and have all this time with your family? And so I began really coaching guys on their businesses at the beginning and coaching business owners on how to grow their brands, how to grow their businesses, and how to accomplish financial freedom, or at least establish that for themselves. And, um, you know, it was fulfilling to an extent, but I still think I wasn't really answering the deep call that had been going on inside of me for a very long time. I was just coaching businesses, and that was great, but something big was missing for me. And where it all came together, it actually all came together out of what I felt was a tragedy at the, at the time. You know, I'd been in the music business for a decade. I'd never had any run-ins with anybody, but you know how it goes. You've got, you want, you want to get with a victim commie mindset, you're going to move to the West Coast, then move up to Washington, then live near Seattle, then jump in the entertainment industry. And for a good, you know, 10 years, I kept my mouth shut about what I believed, just doing the business, minding my own business, trying to be left alone and just accomplish dreams and help other people accomplish theirs. Well, of course, good people don't get left alone in places like that. And it came out that one of my artists had actually done a narration of an audiobook for a guy that worked at a conservative outlet, I don't know, a decade ago or something like that. And so within 24 hours of that being discovered by people in the music community, who I, by the way, had in my home, spent Christmas with, been in their homes, hung out with their kids, never had any relational problems, very loving, very kind. All of a sudden, I was the social pariah, you know, branded as a racist on the internet and, and all that because I'm a conservative and I don't agree with looting and rioting and senseless killing. And so because I decided to speak up a little bit, uh, it became a major problem. Within 24 hours of that being discovered, all of our shows for my clients who were, by the way, on tour with what was to become the number one act in America at the time in alternative music, dropped from tours, dropped from radio, dropped from a label, um, not 
basically allowed to continue to work. And it just, I hit a wall in 2019 going, if my career of 10 years can be flushed down the tubes that quickly, what is there for me? And should I really continue down this path? And in all reality, what I thought was a bit of a tragedy at the time and really hurtful to me and harmful to what I was doing with my life, it actually ended up being the thing to set me free. Um, I had been in, you know, worked for the church at full-time ministry at the age of 20. I was hired full-time. I was speaking, I was teaching, and I had always had a heart for reaching younger men and helping them get to the next step in their life. But once I kind of exited the, the traditional church in my early 20s, and went to the, I went completely to the opposite. I, I, we went through, and you've heard of them, I'm sure, the church wars. People that are in churches can be just as nasty as people that aren't. And um, we went through some of that as a family. And so I had gone to the other end of the spectrum, you know, the pendulum fully swung, and I went all the way into rock and roll. And now rock and roll has not worked out for me. So I've been cast out of the church. I've been cast out of rock and roll. What am I supposed to do now? And I'm in the middle in a place where I don't feel I fit any longer. And as I'm sitting there going, what do I do with my life? They rolled out the Rona. And based on what we've talked about, I'm sure I can say whatever I want about that. But the second that hit the news, I looked at my wife and I go, you know, this is bullshit, right? I know what election rigging looks like. And she goes, yeah, this is nonsense. And so immediately I saw very, very clearly what was going on. I understood the agenda. I had seen it before in history. I love history. And I, I just knew what it was. And I think a number of people knew, even without needing to evaluate all of the, the little data, you kind of knew in your knower something's off, something ain't right. My spirit's telling me something isn't right here. And I knew it. And at that moment, I was really forced to make a choice and say, what am I going to be? Who am I going to be? What needs to happen in the world right now? And how am I going to deliver that in the most potent way possible? And it was an incredible, honestly, I think that COVID was probably one of the most pivotal moments in my life. And one of the things I'm most grateful for, because it Thanks forced for me. me to step out of that middle ground, to stop playing nice with everybody, to stop trying to get everybody to agree and trying to just be friends with everybody. You can't. And I was nope. immediately just, this is war. I know what I have to do. And in looking around me, the biggest thing that I saw was weak men. And it drove me absolutely mad. Now, I'm down in North Texas now, much different culture. And so I have to first preface, I don't think that's everywhere. You come down to where I'm at, the town that I'm at in North Texas, I walked into town in the middle of all the, you know, the what, what do they call it, the mandates and whatnot. I walked into a coffee shop and I asked somebody about a mask and the guy turns around and goes, I'm the mayor. What's a mask? <laughs> it's like, okay, I love that. this is where I belong. And so I think a big part of what I was going through was feeling that isolation and how few masculine, strong, leading males are even in existence up in the Northwest. You go up there, it's a completely different culture. Even today, they're still talking about long COVID and wearing masks. It's bizarre. They've completely lost their marbles. And I don't think that's everybody in the state, but to be fair, it is a lot harder to find men with my shared values who are willing to stand up for themselves up in that state. A lot of female-dominated relationships, which, no offense, uh, well, I guess I don't care if it's an offense or not. I completely think that's backwards. I think that's a big reason we are where we are. And so looking around, I felt, one, incredibly isolated and alone. I know how to fight. 
I know how to stand up. I've got businesses that pay me. I don't have to take that thing. I don't have to put that thing on my face. I don't have to put anything in my body because I have financial freedom. I can do whatever I want. But then I'm looking around me at all these other guys going, why are you complying with this nonsense? Do you have a pair between your legs? Excuse me for being crude. What is wrong with you? And so while I could fight, I had that feeling of who do I fight alongside? Who am I supposed to link arms with? Who's going to help me feel encouraged in the fight? Who do I stand with and stand by? And I couldn't find people. It was very few and far between. I had a small friend circle, my immediate family, and some close male friends. And outside of that, I was very, very alone. But I knew at that moment that my ultimate calling and purpose, which funnily enough, I had been ignoring for 20 years. I yep. knew that if I recognize that the biggest problem in our culture is a lack of strong men, it goes back to fathers. And ultimately, if we don't have strong fathers, we don't have strong leaders. If we don't have strong fathers, we don't have strong families. If we don't have strong families, we have broken societies and cultures, which is what we're seeing all over the place right now. Men are the reason the world is where it is because the responsibility falls on them. And even over the years hearing this, you know, women are out of order, women, you know, being masculine, uh, you know, what the whole feminist thing. Men have allowed that to happen because they have not led with vision, with purpose, and an intention to protect and provide in a healthy way, starting on the inside. And so at that moment, I just knew I have to work with men. I have to help men forge themselves into sovereign, self-governed leaders. Because if we don't do something now, this thing's going to be forever lost. And quite honestly, we're at the place even in this country right now where I'm not sure there is an ability to come all the way back. But for me, that's not my focus. My focus is not just the U.S. or anywhere. It's helping men lead their families, beginning with the spiritual realm, the financial realm, the physical realm. But everything's got to come from the inside out. It's not just about this nation. It's about society as a whole. So in early 2020, it was really when I said, I'm done doing the branding. I'm done just working with any company that wants to work. I'm done just teaching anybody about business. I am now 100% only working with men, first and foremost, but then secondly, I will only work with men who want to accomplish a similar vision in the world. I will not help people that don't want to build what I want to build. I will not help people that are my enemies in this world. I'm not going to help people that have a completely counterproductive vision and set of values to mine. And so I was able to limit down to who are the people with my vision and who are the men I'm going to serve. And that's what I started doing. I started writing, I started speaking, I started sharing online, a lot of content. Um, but then also, when the marches were going on in either, I'm going to say early June marches, by the way, I, was, mm -hmm. I had a building that I had just renovated through my nonprofit. And uh, the night before, they had gotten one of my other buildings downtown. It had been nice and trashed. And then um, the next morning, there was a, a march scheduled up in up in the, the uh, business district and I had just finished renovations on a building that was not yet insured and the epicenter or the start of this march was supposed to be directly outside of this building and I was like oh god what am I going to do here and so I um, went to the building early that morning loaded my car up with rifles and ammo and whatever I needed locked myself in the building stood on the upper deck and I just waited and during this march I'm standing here with a rifle, <laughs> I'm going, I can't believe I'm having to do this in America in 2020. I'm literally standing on a deck on a new construction building, watching people trash buildings and no one's doing anything about this. 
this is not a safe place for me to raise my family. I don't want to be in this poisonous culture anymore. And so I picked up the phone and called my wife and she heard what was going on in the background. And she goes, what is going on? And I told her, we are leaving. We're leaving immediately. We need to start packing and we need to get out of here. I don't even know where we're going to go, but we're going to go. And I was blessed to land an incredible wife that will follow my lead when I've got a vision. She's extremely supportive, but she's also just as non-compliant as I am. I've watched her get chucked out of multiple stores across the country and restaurants and whatever else because she won't comply with anything. And uh, she said, great, I'm with you. And uh, so I immediately called brother number two, so the one under me out of us five, and I said, this is what we're doing. And he said, we're with you on the spot. I'm telling you on the spot. He and his wife and their two-year-old daughter, and while she's pregnant with their second, gets on the road with myself and my wife and our two daughters. We bought matching trucks and trailers, sold everything out of our driveways over the course of the next month, and we left the state as quickly as we possibly could. And all we did was travel for a full year and a half looking for what felt like home. And the gauge of that was whether or not someone was going to tell us or try to tell us what to do. And uh, that's why we landed where we landed. So in a nutshell, that's why I am where I am. I know that was a lot <laughs> in a short period of time, but that's where that's why I am where I am now. But throughout the entire year and a half that I was on the road, there were two things that came across. And I thought that a lot of loneliness and fear was just in me. When you are in that place of for 10 years, 10, 15 years, keeping your mouth shut, not opening it for fear of losing your job or opportunities, because those people are like that. They will 100% keep opportunities out of your hands simply because you believe that, you know, black people aren't suppressed in this country, which I don't. And I'm perfectly fine saying that openly. I don't care. I, because I don't agree with you does not mean that my life should mean less than yours, that my career should mean less than yours. No, I don't think it's okay to riot in the streets. And no, I don't think that, you know, putting weird stuff in front of children is okay. And I'm not okay with your sexual agenda everywhere either. And so um, not knowing what to do, I think I realized, one, I'm not the only one going through this. But then, two, I'm not the only one who feels exceedingly isolated and lonely, and I don't know who to build with. And, and the big question in my heart was, where are the strong men, as I said earlier, but then every time I met somebody on the road over that course of a year and a half, every single man I spoke to said the exact same thing. I don't know what to do. I feel like my eyes have been opened. I know I've been living in a trap. I know there's supposed to be more for me. I know I have the ability to shape the future, or at least that's supposed to be my role in this world. I don't know how to do it, and I don't know who to do it with. And that's what really sparked you know, how you discovered me with this event that we're putting on. So it, it wasn't just the coaching men. I've been coaching men. I have a group online of entrepreneurs that I work with. We do life together. It's not just accountability for your actions. We're actually doing life and, and developing deep relationships where we're familiar with one another's lives, our families, our weaknesses, our struggles, our wins. And so I've been doing that for a while, but I wanted to do something on a much bigger scale. And I'm just, it, with, with the vision and the realization of, Men haven't been fathered in our society by and large. I think it's like half now, somewhere around 50% of all homes in the U.S. are broken homes. It's where both parents are not in the home. And yeah, I call it a broken home. It's not to yeah. say that you can't have a good stepfather, or that you can't be raised by a single mother. But the bottom line is you look at the data if you want to and society as a whole, 
It's best when parents are together, when a mother and a father are together in the relationship and the family is intact from the very beginning. There are plenty of people who even have that, who number one, they've reached the ceiling of what their own father can teach them. And that's where I got in my mid-20s going, I love my dad. I have a great relationship. But where do I go from here? He can only teach me what he knows. you got a plumber father. He can't teach you electrician work. And that's just the reality. So I started recognizing, even though I come from a very solid family that taught me all of these things and raised me with the right values, and I have great relationships with my parents and my dad specifically, but I need to be fathered by someone else now. And recognizing that even my dad as a very heavily involved father, how many people have homes with their father in it who doesn't take the time to actually father and teach them? Men have abdicated their role to teach their children to the public school system because it's convenient and it's easy. That's the long and short of it. It's not that they don't know how to teach them. It's that they're lazy, don't want to take on the responsibility. That's all it is. You will make a priority what you want to make a priority. So we've offloaded the raising of our children. We've offloaded the teaching of any sort of skills. And so you got grown men walking around today that don't know how to budget. They don't know how to plan their day. They don't know how to even set goals for themselves or vision the future that they want. 95% of guys that I talk to easily, I'm just throwing it out because it's a high 90s number. The vast majority of guys I speak to, if I ask them, what do you actually want? They can't even answer the question. They don't know. They have yeah. no clue. What's your vision? And that's where everything begins. But it's like we've, we've allowed this to get to a place where everybody just goes, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. So I go do it. That, that's what everybody does. Everybody goes and gets, goes to college. I did that. Oh, I need a degree. Well, why? Because you just need yeah. one. When the doo-doo hits the fan, you'll be the one with the first job. Yeah. Right? Biggest yeah. waste of time and money in my life was going to the University of Washington. And you could light the degree on fire in front of me and I would dance around it. I don't, it was a complete waste of time. Yeah. Um, did that, put me in debt. Well, then it's go buy a home. So you get in debt over a home. Yeah. And meanwhile, you're just, you're following these steps that have been set out for you without any vision of something that you want to build and shape the world with. And so I wanted to take that upon myself and go, how can we touch and equip and train as many men as possible to get them engaged in the fight? If we are at war, which we are, not just with an outside entity, we're at war with the stuff in here. We're at war with our own laziness. We're at war with our own sinfulness and separation from God. We're at war with all of our own vices and weaknesses, but we're also at war with a very clear agenda. We're at war with specific people that we may or may not be able to point to and say, that's the enemy. But if we're at war, what do we need? We need warlords. We need guys that cannot be told what to do. We need guys who have their own income and can't be coerced with a paycheck. Put this in your body or else you won't get this paycheck. We've got to raise men that understand how to say no. We got to raise men that are done being nice and are ready to start being kind. And there's a big difference, by the way, and we can get into that later. But I don't want to keep going on and on and on about all that. But in short, what, what I have done and one of the big things I wanted to talk about today is the events that we've started to put on across the country. Our actual first inaugural event, our inaugural event is next month. It's September 15th in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And our event is called Freeman Forge 2023. First word, Freeman, F-R-E-E-M-E-N, Forge 2023. You can find out all about that at freemanforge.com. But what I decided to do was start putting on a state-by-state -state tour where we get men in a facility or out in the middle of nowhere, 
I bring in killer speakers, trainers, and coaches to create a transformational experience for men to go be a part of. Now, what that looks like is what we've done, at least for this one. It might be a good example of what we're going to do in the future. I believe we might do Texas in the spring, but right now, Gatlinburg, Tennessee in September. But we've got 200 men up in the woods at a facility that's directly adjacent to the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. So you can literally walk into the Smoky Mountain National Park if you want. We've got ice baths. We've got hiking. We've got Brazilian jiu-jitsu slash practical violence courses. We're even bringing in mats to where guys can sign up to fight other guys. We've got an entire animal-based menu being put on by an award-winning chef out of the Knoxville area. So there will be no seed oils on site. We're going fully based even with the diet. We've got firearm training. So we got performance pistol by a, by a competitive shooter, a high-level competitive shooter is leading it out of Tennessee. Alongside him, we brought in a Navy SEAL named Shannon Rush to be able to teach alongside him. We've got a dynamic rifle course being taught by some incredible guys. We even built a shoot house, like an actual home with hallways and doll and doors and bathrooms with an open top. So we got drones going over the top, watching guys learn how to clear homes for their own family. We've got teaching on wealth warfare, alternative education. We've got teaching on men's hormones and physical health so guys can understand even the, even the subconscious war that they're not even aware of that's going on with their bodies and what's around them. So we are trying to help men in as many areas as possible assume the role of leadership in their lives and in their communities. So I absolutely love... <laughs> yes, no, I absolutely love that all the stuff you talked about with this event because... Yeah. I'm very observant of many things that are happening in the world and specifically with men and women. I have never met, maybe men are just more honest about this in Texas than they are in California, but I have never met so many men on TRT under 30. And I'm like, this is a fucking problem. Yeah. But the pattern that I'm noticing is the subconscious war you're talking about that I think is having a much more massive scale impact on men's hormones than anybody wants to talk about. And mm -hmm. that is the absence of the masculine men and the overpowering of these abusive women. Almost every guy I know that's on TRT that was under 30 or in this like younger time range, right? Or age range, all grew up with very abusive mothers. Mm. And it's almost like they don't know how to live in the world of the masculine without constantly second guessing their masculinity from these women that overpowered them. Yeah. But then the feminine, the feminine side of them creates havoc in their life as a man where then they can't make decisions. They're not leaders. And so I want to talk about how to become more sovereign in all those areas and how it will help increase. Like I truly think that we can create this movement of fixing and helping men recover from all these things by switching the testosterone abilities back on sure. by embodying more of the masculine traits, by embodying the strength, the being a sovereign male leader. Sure. You know, one of my favorite words in the world is the word abdication. Because abdication essentially means that you have you haven't delegated. There's delegation where you hand off a responsibility to someone else or the authority to deal with something to someone else. But you've done it with intention because you're overseeing it and you want it done well. Abdication is where you stepped off the throne and haven't had a place setting there 
for things to go well while you're gone. Abdication is a dropping of responsibility. When you abdicate responsibility for anything, it's no longer under your control. The second you abdicate anything, someone else controls it. So look at what we've dealt with over the last three years. People have abdicated their own understanding of their physical health to people in white lab coats and name tags and degrees. And so they and do- all being paid in pharma. Oh, exactly. And so it's, <laughs> we're going to listen. We've, we've abdicated our understanding of health to advertising and words, naturally flavored. Nobody knows what that means. Citric acid or whatever else you want to look at in your food. Nobody is taking the time to listen. They're just going, I'm being told this is good for me. This is fat-free. Fat-free means good. But we're doing that on all areas. It's not just health we're talking about. First and foremost, we've abdicated. And I don't know what your beliefs are on all the spiritual things. You know, I've looked a little bit and watched a few of your, your videos. And I know you talk about spirituality. I don't know how much you believe in God. Or I'm, I'm a firm believer that Christ is king. That's the basis of everything I teach. It's the basis of everything I do. We also have men come out to our events, by the way, who aren't necessarily believers in Christ, but we make it very, very clear up front that all of the values and things we teach are all based upon these biblical principles that have shown themselves to be true since the beginning of time. And so that's where I'm at on it. But I sincerely believe that the first thing we did was abdicate the responsibility of hearing God for ourselves. You know that feeling deep down on the inside, that voice. When it tells you you need to do when it tells you you need to do something, I know what it's like to abdicate responsibility for that. Yes, when I, and I alluded to it earlier, I knew what I was supposed to do for 20 years. When I was 17 years old, I'll never forget it. I was coaching basketball at the time, or playing basketball or something. I was coaching a basketball team. Anyway, my mom sent me something. It was an article. It was a clip out of an article about life coaching. She said, Gabe, I think this would be really, really good for you. And my heart leapt at it, going. I would love that because I love relationships. I love looking at the outside of people's lives and helping them get to the next place. But my first fear and thought was, who's going to pay me to tell them what to do with their lives? Meanwhile, I, it wasn't just my mom telling me. It was that voice inside that was going, this, this is yours, man. This is yours. This is yours. And now I look back and I see all these times when God was trying to tell me, this is what I've made for you. And I didn't listen to it because I had abdicated responsibility for hearing from God to someone else. We, we've done it with priests. We've done it with pastors. We've done it with books. Whether or not your pastor's a good guy, I'm not against pastors. I'm not big on the traditional model of the church. I'll tell you that right now. But if you are abdicating the very beginning of everything, the vision for life, the, the, the voice of God inside you telling you what your purpose and mission is on this earth, I think you've lost from the beginning. That's it. That's the core of it. You've got to hear deep down in here, what am I supposed to do? What am I made for? What is my purpose? Who am I supposed to touch, right? And so we've abdicated from the core. But we've also offloaded our understanding of women to Hollywood. We've abdicated, their, like we talked about earlier, or I talked about earlier, the education of our children, the raising. Who's going to raise? Well, let's just watch them until they're you know, seniors in high school. And then all oh, the college will just take them and do their thing. And yeah. so we've got to begin recognizing. Men have to recognize their designed role in the world. Until men start to recognize that they're the ones that are supposed to be sitting on the throne of their own life and look to actively take it back, nothing's going to change. Not going to change. And so that's where it's got to start. Men have to understand that they are first and foremost a, re first and foremost a reflection of who created them. 
The creation reflects the creator. People think about God far too often as some nice guy. God isn't a nice guy. Read, read the scripture from the beginning of time. God is a warlord. He's loving. He's gracious. He's kind. But people forget the story about Jesus not liking temple changers in the temple. Guy pulled into a synagogue, made a whip outside, went in, and it says he drove them out. The law and the government is not a responsibility for God. And it's beginning to try to replace the father in the home, not just because it's trying to take control, but it, it, we are re a reflection of God and it wants to be God. So ultimately, we have to start recognizing that it is our role to work out in the world what has been placed here, the vision deep down inside. So I, I hope that answers your question. I know that's a little long, but men have to start at the very beginning. We shape the world. Moral okay, so same thing. What does the beginning look like for, because I do have a lot of guys come to me and they're like, they, they want guidance, they feel lost. And it's kind of like, what, what are the beginning stages of trying to figure it all out? How to listen to that inner knowing within them and not let fear dictate everything. Because I feel like that's kind of something that's gone haywire in this world and gone crazy is it's consuming fear is consuming everyone of fear of speaking up. And that's like I told you on the Instagram chat is that that was probably the most frustrating thing through COVID is that it was all women out on the lines. It's yeah. all us women that were saying no. It was all the women that want to protect their kids. And, and I was just, I was heartbroken for it because I'm like, this isn't where, cause I do want my own children. And it, that's why I left California because I'm, I'm not okay with that. Like I want and need a man that stands for something. So how do you become this man that stands for something? I mean, look, your actions reflect your beliefs. I, it has to start with a change in your beliefs. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend that it's easy. You know, a lot of people talk about mindset and you know, you get these guys, these mindset gurus who got to switch your mindset. There is some truth to it. But when, when, you, when you know where you stand, you have to know some sort of truth, right? And I think that's, that's where it's all got to begin, is truth. We have too much of this stuff going on in the world where it's your truth and my truth. I don't, yeah. I don't believe in that. We don't live in a gray world in that way. There is good and there is evil. What we're seeing right now is not conservative and liberal. It's not Democrat, Republican. It is good and evil, plain and simple. It's been going on since the beginning of time. I think that's where it has to start. You have to start with the truth. And the truth is that ultimately we live in a world of good and evil. And you got to know where you stand and what you believe. But then you just have to start making the choice to stand there. So when you talk about getting rid of fear, I think there are a couple of big things that, that did it for me is one, first and foremost, I had to have something bigger than myself to be a part of and to fight for. Right? So for me, I have my children. When I looked at, oh, we're going to, your kids are going to wear this on their face. No, they're not. No, they're not. Your kids are going to put this in their body. No, no, they're not. That was my why. I'm willing to do anything to protect the people I love. And I think you've got to have something very deep that you care about and that matters to you. Um, but on the other side, what has given me more courage than just about anything is other people around me to help me walk in that courage. Nobody, think about it when you're a kid. Nobody likes to walk to their bedroom alone, right? 
in the dark, down the dark hallway. Nobody wants to take the garbage bin to the street by themselves. Well, why? You're alone. You don't know how to walk. And so the first thing that I did when I was going through that and going, I feel so fearful. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know how to speak up. And even when I was, I was, I felt ready. And how do I do it? Because I'd been operating in that space of protecting myself for so long. I started writing down names of other men who I saw standing up for themselves. Ian Smith being one of them. I think that's how we found each other because Ian's speaking at, he's one of the headline speakers at our event in September. I saw Ian standing up for himself at that gym in Jersey. And I, I don't know what, you know, I can't ever describe what it is to, to, to feel like a woman, but as a man, I get this <laughs> fire in my gut. That's like, Oh, okay. We can do this. Like I'm the guy that watches Braveheart and I weep like a baby, the Patriot, whatever else. It's that camaraderie of men who are willing to fight to the death for something they believe in and they will not capitulate for anyone. Death first. I think a lot of it has to do with who you're surrounding yourself with, 100%. And that's honestly what the primary reason that I do what I do. So I even moved from one-on-one -on -one coaching to coaching men in groups and creating communities because men perform at a much better level when they're in a group of other guys that are growing, changing, and stronger. I don't know if you played sports when you're younger, but when you run with the older kids, it's weird how quickly you will learn to catch up because you adapt. You will adapt to the environment that you're in. And when you're put in an environment where you're allowed to, to slack off, to not hold a standard, when you're around people like that, you're going to become like them. It's that famous thing you read in every self-development book. You're the average of the five people you surround yourself with most, whether it be money, the way you talk, dress, relationships, activities, that's who you're going to become like. Not only that, but you are going to get some runoff from who those people are around. So who you're surrounding yourself with, in my opinion, is just about the most vital thing there is because it shapes your world even when you're not paying attention to it. And so what I did was write down names of men that were standing up for themselves and who I wanted to be like or who I wanted in my relational circle. I wanted the warriors in my circle. So I started going, who are they? I need to find them and putting myself in those rooms by intention. And that's a big reason that we even have this coming up and why it be, why it came to be was the relationships. And that's, that's really what drove the whole thing. So guys have to start with truth. What do you believe? What are you not willing to compromise on? And then two, who are you doing it with? If you don't have other men to build with, you're off on your own. Some people say they like to be off on their own, but I'll tell you what, there is a difference between you getting up and going to the gym six days in a row at 5 a.m. when it's just you and nobody can check in on you, and you get to hit that alarm and stay in bed. You don't have to report into anybody. There's a difference with that compared to, oh, I have a meeting at the gym. Oh, if I don't check in and these other guys are checking in, I'm not holding the standard. What are we? What am, what am I being held to? Am I attacking my fears? And then as far as the, the last thing I would say regarding attacking your fear is recognizing that fear only exists in one place. Right here. Yep. That's it. It's not real. It's anxiety based on an outcome that we'd rather not have. And the second I got past that and began speaking up for myself is when the momentum began. I began finding the right relationships. The wrong relationships cast me out and I cast them out, which was the best possible thing that could have happened to me. I complete fresh slate. I know who's on my side. I know who isn't. But man, choose a line for the love of God. Choose a line. Choose something to stand up for. 
I hope that answers the question. No, it absolutely does. And I feel like, so belonging is our strongest survival instinct over individual survival. And what I've noticed is that COVID was a really big eye opener for people not having that line of, Mm -hmm. hey, I just want to belong. And then there I was like, no, I don't want to belong to either of these sides because I don't want to have to choose a side. So I'm going to exist in this space of just standing up for this is my choice and this is what I believe in and being willing to step away from the crowd. And can you talk about what it's like for a man to be willing to step away from the crowd and how that opens that door for to find all those other men as long as you are standing secure in what you stand for? Yeah. So I think first you got to stand for yourself. I think if you're only standing because other people are standing, you're still playing along. I had to get to that place where, and, and I was working with a coach at the time, actually. It was funny. I, I knew that I needed, I, I alluded to that, I needed a, a father in my life, another father to help show me the next thing. I had been in a place of frustration for years, even in the music business, and owning my construction company. I just, I felt that that yearning for purpose. I felt that that ceiling above me, and I didn't know how to break through. And so two days, or maybe it was the day before, a day or two before they rolled out the shutdowns for all the businesses in Washington State. I signed a contract with a coach to work with me. He was one of like Bob Proctor's students. So this guy charged me like a hundred grand for like a year of coaching. It scared the tar out of me. I didn't know what to do, but I was going, I know I need to choose something I'm scared of to change my life. So I signed up with the guy, woke up the next morning. I think it was to the, to the news saying, we have shutdowns across the state. And I'm going, how am I going to pay for this? But it was honestly the best thing I ever did because within the first couple of days, I was just raging to this guy on the phone about what I was seeing. He said, Gabe, what are you going to do about it? Yes. What are you going to do about it? Who do you actually want to be? Do you want to be remembered? And whether you want to be remembered or not, is this the world you want your children to live in in the future? Is this the world you want to to leave? What do you want to do here? And I just knew at that moment, I was like, no, man, I, I want to do something incredible. When's the last time you read about a hero? It's been 200 years since the United States saw a hero outside of someone in the military who did something amazing overseas. It's it's legit been since the Revolutionary War that we've been able to read about men who stood for something, stood tall, and refused to back down. And so he had me do an exercise, and one of them was get clear on the vision you have for your life. And if, if any guys are watching this, that's where you have to start. It's you you got to get a clear vision for the life you actually want to live. I think we talked about at the beginning. The vast majority of men have no idea what they even want their life to look like. If you could write down in clarity, pretend I'm blind, I can't see you, I can't see your body, I can't, I'm I'm deaf, I gotta just read Braille. If you could tell me in vivid detail what your life looks like in two years, if you take the word realistic out of the equation and do it again for like the 10-year mark, you'll get really clear on going, I'm wasting an incredible opportunity to create any life I want. And until I get clear on that and start taking action toward it, I'm just going through the motions. And so getting some vision is great. But along with him asking me to do that, he said, Gabe, I want you to take the time to sit back, close your eyes, and I want you to imagine the man that you want other people to see in you. 
And that's where it got really clear when I was going, who do I really want to be? What kind of man do I want other people to see me as? Not that other people's opinions matter. It's what am I projecting and presenting to the world and what can I be in other people's lives? Some, you know, you, you picture everything from who is he in a spiritual sense and how he leads his family? Who is he on the inside and, and, and how secure he is and at peace he is, but full of mission and purpose and vision? What does his body look like? What does his money look like? How, how much time does he spend with his children? Is he afraid to speak his mind? And when I started thinking about legacy and who, who is going to tell a story about this man and what stories will they tell? I think Joe Rogan made it popular recently again, that statement of if you were going to be anyone and if your life was a book or a story, what would the hero do in this scenario? When I began wrapping my head around, no one else is going to do it. If you don't do it, who's going to? I had to get clear on who that man was going to be. And once I got clear on who that man needed to be, it helped me walk that regardless of anybody else joining me. Before I actually even really got into some really good circles, we, we left Washington State, let's say July, I want to say July 2020. And driving around the country for a year and a half, you meet a lot of people, but you don't really get an opportunity to develop deep relationships. It was one of the most lonely periods of my life. But me going through that process out on the road alone with no relationships in completely new places, no past, no people to tell me who I am, no one, no one for me to have to be my old self in front of. It allowed me to have like a full year of just ripping everything down to the studs and going, what do I believe? What am I going to walk down the street and say? How am I going to carry myself? Who am I? It was an incredible opportunity for me to do that without anybody else supporting me in that. And there were people who gave me encouragement, but I hadn't found my tribe yet. I hadn't found the men I was looking for. But I got to that place of going, I'm going to stand on this. This is who I'm going to be. And I fully embodied it. So I'm going to, I, after I picture that man, I'm going to be that man. I'm going to do what he does. I'm going to say what he would say. I'm going to think the way he would think. I'm going to have my sleep patterns and my exercise patterns like he would have them. And I will carry myself in business and relationships like he would. And I just started to be him. I don't think men realize, and it's not just men, it's people in general. You can change your trajectory like that. Right now, you have an opportunity in this moment to completely change your trajectory. It doesn't mean that your destination and where you're at right now will change immediately. But you can change your thinking, your speech, and your behavior in this very moment to completely create a totally alternative future for yourself. My dad used to tell a story from the pulpit a lot where he talked about, you know, if I'm, if I'm from here to you and I shoot a gun at you, I'm going to hit the screen, right? Or an arrow or whatever it may be. Or let's take a laser and it's straight on. You're good. Even if I tilt it a degree off, it's going to hit you from here to here. But if I shoot that laser out 3,000 yards, even a hair off, by the time you hit that target, you're this far off. Right. And so when we are, how, how do I phrase this? The laser. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm lost. I'm sorry, Jessica. I dropped it. <laughs> but my dad, uh, given us that thing, you've got to have a trajectory set. Oh, I remember what I was saying is just a slight tilt of that laser will change things immensely. What you decide to do today will forever impact the future. 
You don't have to be your old self. You don't have to keep introducing yourself the same way. You don't have to have the same relationships. You don't have to tolerate what you used to tolerate. You can start becoming that man now. And so many people even get lost. A lot of the guys I work with are like, I'm becoming him. I'm becoming him. I agree. But why don't you just go be him? Why does it have to take 20 years? Just go be him now. It, It doesn't mean you'll see his results in the next year. No. But you can start being him now. Why wait? Start being something amazing. Start recognizing that we have the power to completely shape the future. I have the power to shape the world. It's not up to the powers that be. It's up to me. The way I shape my children will change the way they shape their children. The men that I touch will begin touching their communities and this thing will spread. But you got to know who you are and you got to choose to stand on it. Um, Again, that's a long answer to a short question. (laughs) No, no, I love it because... There's so much to each little thing. It's not just these really simple answers. It's, it's decisions in every different area of your life to consciously make them differently. Yeah. I started working with a mindset coach before I, before my life blew up and before I left nursing. And cause I was like, I, I don't want to do this anymore, but I didn't know what else was possible. And I feel like working on and challenging your belief systems is massive to create any kind of change. Because if you are still stuck in all the old stuff, that's not even yours. Like you have to question, is that just because I was raised that way, just because I've, I've existed in this environment, do I even believe what they are talking about, what they stand for? Is that what I stand for? So becoming this individual that has their own set of beliefs, their own set of values, and then just really living in those. Cause most people will say, yes, I value this. Yes. I value that. But then you look at the ways they're actually living their life and it doesn't even align. So one of the things I did in mindset coaching was to be more aware, more conscious of my thoughts, how I'm moving in the world, then believing in something that I can't see yet. Mm-hmm. So I created this vision of what I want in the future. And then you let go of trying to control all the hows and you just start making the changes every single day of like, okay, if I had all those things, how would I live differently in my life? How would I move differently in my life? And Dr. Joe Dispenza talks a lot about if you want a different life, you have to become that person on purpose, become that person before you see those results, because you will magnetize in everything that you are a vibrational match for. So I did exactly that where I went to a completely new state and I decided I wasn't going to exist in this world of being employed anymore. So I had decided that I was basically unemployable. And one of my many missions in this life is helping more people believe what they don't yet believe Mm -hmm. and believe that they are so much more powerful than they can ever imagine. And they can create a life like everybody talks about this life of your dreams, but it's like, you were given that dream on purpose yes. to believe what is actually possible for you in your life and that you don't have to follow this whole hamster wheel of the status quo. Like I am so aggressively challenging every part of that in every area of my life. And even in things in spirituality I've experienced, I'm challenging those things I learned too. Cause I'm like, just because it works for you doesn't mean it works for me. So I have to figure out what works for me and I have to become who would have all those things and live in that way. And I did a hundred year, they have you write your hundred year eulogy. Mm. That was super powerful because that was like, okay, well, who am I now? If I live to be a hundred years old, 
what do I want the story for people to tell? Yeah. And I keep that in the back of my mind, not the word for word, but the vision of that for what I'm creating and how I live in every day. And connecting is important to me. So then when I go out places, I look people in the eye, I look at their name badge and I engage in them because so many people feel so alone. And I'm like, okay, well, what could I do every day that's creating more connection in the world? And for more people to find each other, somebody has to have the courage to make the first move. I'm like, okay, well, I'm very warm and friendly and social. So I'm not afraid to be the first person to make those moves. But at the same point in time, call other people out to stand up though. And that's where these men that come to me in my life is, it's kind of funny because in California, (laughs) people don't really like to be challenged. (laughs) And so then I would have many men tell me, oh man, I know what my capacity is and what I'm capable of. And I could never handle a woman like you. Yeah. And it, like, I felt kind of mad about that because I'm like, I am not to be controlled. I am not to be handled. It's more of exist at my level. Yeah. Or, you know, rise, rise up. Yeah. Lead you by leading themselves. I think that's the thing is, is too, like you're talking about it. It's not about telling other people what to do. Leadership is setting an example for other people to follow. It's not picking people up and carrying them. It's not dragging them. It's, it's leaving footprints that they can step in. And this whole thing of courage, like you're talking about, it's not just, it's a muscle. It's a skill. Leaving that, I'll tell you right now, I deal with it too. As a matter of fact, the only way to really level up your life in any, in any area, you know, financially, spiritually, physically, it's to step into faith. Because that's really what, what you're talking about. You're talking about faith. How do you help people see what they don't yet see? That's called faith. It's seeing a picture that only you see and no one else can see. And then you taking actions based on that vision. You've got no proof whatsoever that would be physically you know, perceivable. But I think the scripture, what, is it, what does the scripture say? It says, faith is the evidence of things hoped for or, it, or the, uh, the evidence of things unseen right? So faith is having a vision for something no one else can see, that you don't have any proof to say, I can do this. This exists. It's just going, I have a picture of this and I'm going to go accomplish it. I've been given a picture of a bright future that I want to shape and that's what it's going to be. But I do agree with you that your mindset is everything because what you believe will be true. And this is why, I I know it's a hot topic, but it's like, what I said earlier about, I don't think that black people in America are treated poorly, but I can guarantee you that some of my very close friends growing up who are black walk out every day and they experience, uh, whatever they would say is I experience, uh, you know, racism or I experience all this. You know why they experience that every single day? I believe you experience it. Why? Because it's what you went out the door believing exists everywhere you look. Look at the actual evidence and it's complete nonsense. Sorry about that. Complete nonsense, top to bottom, according to any stat, any stats you want to look at across the board. But what people believe, they will walk out the door and they will see all day. So your life, everything in your life is a reflection of what you believe to be true. One of the best questions one of my coaches asks me, I have two right now in my life, but he asks me every time I make a statement, he goes, Gabe, is that something that you believe or is it something that is true? Because there's a difference. Just yeah. because you believe it doesn't make it true. And yeah. your truth 
doesn't mean it's true. So what we walk out the door looking for, what we believe is possible, is going to be what we are or aren't. You're right that these men can't handle you, 100%, because they already believe they can't. So they can't. Once I started to unravel and unwrap that whole thing of what I believe to actually be possible, that's when my life changed. But a lot of it does have to do with just exercising that muscle of courage over and over and over again. I'm going through a leveling up in my life right now, and it's never going to stop, by the way. To get yeah. to the level, you have to conquer fear. There are things right now that I am trying to do that are scaring the tar out of me. But that's what's forcing me to elevate to the next level of faith and going, oh, I was able to do that. Oh, I was able to make that happen. Okay, now it's time to face fear again. And you just get in this habit of constantly going, fear is the North Star. If there's yeah. anything I could tell anybody about their life and they could walk away from this is fear is the North Star. That famous statement, I forget who said it, but he said that the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. When you're afraid of something, you need to stop avoiding it. You need to turn your ship into that and you need to go hit it as hard as you possibly can. Fear's the North Star. And usually the more fear you have towards something just means that is more of what your highest calling is, yeah. is where you're being called to the most. Yes, 100%, because it's like the enemy wants to steal the calling. The calling, when we talk about calling, you know, people will say calling. Well, who are you being called by? It's God. So if we're dealing with good and evil here, and the good is calling you, who's going to try to interrupt that call with fear every single time? Doesn't want you to be effective. Doesn't want you to step into your role. Doesn't want you to raise your children. Doesn't want you to be financially free. I talk to guys all the time. I can't afford that. I can't afford that. I can't afford that. You're right. You're right. You know why? Because you believe it. You'll, ne you'll never be able to earn. Okay? Sure. It's true. As long as you believe it. It's crazy. It is crazy how it works. But I, I almost feel like there's been this snapping in me, like a flipping of a switch over the past couple of years where it's like, now I get it. I yeah. get it. But what did I have to do? One, I had to get myself around the right type of men. I had to get a father in my life. That's something that a lot of guys are missing. I understand you may have a good relationship with your dad. I understand you may have a good relationship with your boss, but you need someone to father you. You need someone to lead you into the next level. And by the way, it's going to cost you something. The next level is going to cost you something. You know what it's always going to cost you? More than you want to pay. Yeah. Because you're comfortable with where you're at. It's going to cost you pride. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you stress and effort. But that's the cost of who you really need to be. You're going to have to pay it. So find a person, find a father, find a community of relationships that will drive you and hold you to a standard that's higher than what you're living now. And by the way, make sure those are people that are in your tribe and people that share your values so you can completely be raw and real with them. If you can't, that's not your tribe. But then three, you've got to make an irrevocable commitment. Irrevocable, irrevocable commitments are what actually force us to follow through and do things. When I started this event that we're talking about, I looked at the budget and I go, this is, this is almost a $200,000 project of money I don't have. Don't have it. I have no idea how I'm going to do it. So I called up the venue and I said, I'll take it. Because you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. That's the thing. Exactly. Is I... I recently just went to Montana this past weekend and it was weird that it's kind of like, I just felt 
called and felt called to like go here for some reason. And everybody's like, well, why are you going? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I'm just going, you know, and you just, you just follow it. And that was the same thing. Like, why'd you move here to Texas? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I just felt called to be here. And I feel like it's, I've definitely experienced all the whys in that. But in that moment, you don't know. And it's just that trust and that faith that you have in yourself that you can do this and that you, when this is your calling, it doesn't matter what the stakes are. Well, I mean, we've all been short on the rent. This is, I say it to guys all the time. Sometimes it's a sales call where a guy's going, man, I can't afford that. I'm like, you can't afford this? You can't afford not to. The rest of yes. it is at stake. What are you talking yeah. about? You'll go sign a $500,000 contract for a house that will never earn you a penny. Yeah. By the way, if you think houses earn you money, look, it does to an extent, but how much of it is inflation? You yeah. Sell a house where in my neighborhood and you want to go buy another one down the street, you're going to pay just as much as the sideways move. But you go and invest and sign on the dotted line for a mortgage for the same people, by the way, who run the IRS and the porn industry and everything are the same ones who hold your mortgage in your family's place where you lay your head at night. They're the ones who own it, not you. But the point is, we'll go and take a risk like that and put ourselves in debt to a bank for 30 years. But you won't invest 20 grand in your own development that could unlock millions of dollars worth of resource to you. And the Rolodex that will open to you. And you've been complaining about being lonely for three years and not being able to find other men. This is what you've been praying for. Yeah. Get in here. And guys say, well, I can't afford it. You know, you're just going to stay stuck. Voices. And you're going to have to lean out. It's like, it's like planting a seed. It's like the farmer yeah. doesn't know for sure that that plant is going to come up, but he buys the seed and he puts it in the ground. And he faithfully waters it until it comes up. We've all been short on the rent a hundred times. And this is what I try to tell guys too. They're, oh, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could do that. I'm like, man, look, you ever been short on the rent? Yeah. How many times? Probably a hundred times. I didn't know where the rent was going to come from. Did it work out? Yeah. 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 So what makes this any different? Yeah. It's, it's up here. That's it. And especially when you're investing in yourself. And that's the thing is that, once I realized the cost of not doing something because I'd already lived it for so many years, yeah. I was like, I don't even care. You know, I, the money that I spent the whole year that I was trying to get out of nursing, it was so funny because it was more than I even paid for my nursing degree. But I was like, I don't care because money is also energy. So if you're willing to invest energy and time into other people, that is you being willing to also receive it because it, it's, it's all a, an exchange process. So you can't put all this energy out there with none of it ever coming back to you. Yeah, you might not see it right now, but the simple fact that you took the time to invest in yourself and invest in other people's success, mm -hmm. that is a guarantee that you open doors that we're, that were not open before. Exactly. Yeah. And it's funny you say that money is energy. I've been learning a lot about that lately, but it is, it's, it's a commitment to putting effort into something and actually making something happen. Sadly, humans, unless they make a financial commitment, a lot of the time they don't make any change. The financial commitment is what forces the change. You bought the car, now you have to make the payment. All of a sudden it works out. It, it really shows you that people are much more brilliant than they assume. Your mind is just not being put into a place where you have to, and everybody needs a have to. Once the have to is there, it will, it will make it happen. And I think that's what's happening a lot from the beginning of this story. Yeah. Like 
COVID? Well, why? Well, now I have to. Yeah. That's what made me move. I had to. The have to made yeah. me. And so if you're in a place of having to, find someone to have to with. Find a yes. community to have to with. Build it and they will come. And by the way, you don't defeat evil by focusing on the evil and going and attacking it. You oh, go and build you. something yeah. so amazing that other people must follow it and come to it. Yes. Get your focus off of the bad things and start focusing on building something that's incredible. If you have a vision in your heart for something that you want, you've got to go pursue it. You've got to go build it. You only get a, you only get so many breaths in this human experience to be able to go do something amazing. And we keep limiting ourselves to little neighborhoods, apartments, boxes, behaviors, what everybody else does. Go to the football game on Friday. Watch it on TV all day Sunday. You know, drink on Saturday. Make your own life. You can yeah. make something unbelievable, but you're going to have to conquer fear. And that's really what keeps us from moving anywhere. It's either you love the destination and the vision of what you see on the other side enough to pull you through, or you choose to let fear keep you from where you need to go. It's yeah. love and fear. Yeah. And that's the thing is that they actually, fear and love exists on the vibrational plane on opposites right fear exists because love is absent yes so you have to be able to choose love to get away from fear yes. and you exist in a different vibrational frequency yeah but that love has to come from vision you've got to love the destination it's not just feeling love i used to get really confused by that statement of what do you mean love versus fear you mean i need to feel all lovey all the time no you must be so obsessed with the thing on the other side of that fear that it'll make you go do it the, the reason men stormed the beach at Normandy is because they loved the result that they saw on the other side of what they were willing to sacrifice to where it made them completely face their fear and run into it anyway. You've got to love the other side enough. So you've got to have something to love. You've got to have something to believe in. You've got to have something to hold on to. That's where it all begins and ends. And one of our main purpose on this life uh, this in this lifetime on this earth is to love and another one is to create. Yes. So how can you create something that you love? And then other people can also enjoy the fruits of your labor. So do you do virtual coaching too? Or is this like how, what does it look like for other people that are interested in working with you? Well, I would say first and foremost, get out to Freeman Forge 2023 if you can. I know we talked about it. I've got a discount code for your listeners. So the day that this podcast comes out, off of a standard registration, I've got a code that will be in, that will work for the day your podcast drops, this one drops. It'll take 500 bucks off of a general admission registration. Won't work for the VIPs because VIPs have access to some very unique things. You should go check out freemanforge.com if you want to see what that list is. But go experience the kind of tribe and community that we're building. I think that's in person is obviously the best possible way to do things. All right. And so that'll be a, a great experience to figure out what is the culture like? Who are these guys? What, what is this about? And an opportunity to meet the kind of people you've been longing for for years. But if you wanted to to reach out about the possibility of working together, just I should probably say at the very beginning, I don't just work with anyone. I am very selective about who I work with. I'm selective about the guys that get into our group because it's a community of men that I want built around certain values. There are guys who fit and there are guys who don't. So get in touch with me. You can find me on Instagram at Forger of Men. That's F-O-R-G-E-R of M-E-N, Forger of Men. 
on Instagram. You can find me there. You could find, you could also contact our company page for the events. It's just at Freeman Forge. And I think uh, that would probably be the best place to reach out. But as far as what the coaching looks like, I, I am, like I said, I don't do one-on-one anymore by itself. The biggest catalyst that I ever saw with the men that I worked with was once I plugged them into a group of other men who were trying to accomplish similar things with similar values. So I no longer just do one-on-one. If you work with me, you're also in community with a group of men. Now, there are groups of guys who have a little more access to me. So we've got our general community where we've got a couple hundred guys. You know, we can do that a couple hundred guys at a time, and that's going to be expanding. But then within my smaller coaching groups, we break those into pods. So you've got a smaller relational circle who you're doing daily life with, your morning and evening check-ins, prayer requests. You know, I need this for my business or my life. So you've got this kind of smaller group of relationships uh, of seven to 10 guys in this larger community. And you all have your own homeroom that you do relationships together with. And by the way, every quarter, we've switched that up so you're with a new group of relationships. You still have access to reach everybody in the community, but your daily life is done with a smaller group of men. Uh, But what we do is we have weekly calls together. We're always helping guys face their fears. So we identify what are the fears in your life? What is the next thing you're going to do? What is the next fear you're going to attack? What are the three big relationships in your life? life? That's another big one we do is what are the relationships you want in your life? How are you attacking those? What do you need to be doing with your career? So the community is an amazing part of that. But if guys want to also have access to me working with them on their individual life, whether it be their business, their marriage, their body, their health, we combine all of that together. We've got an incredible staff. So I have coaches from many different walks. I have a health and hormone coach. So anybody that signs up for like one-on-one coaching access to me also gets a doctor full-time with our work together to help get their testosterone levels up. Naturally, we're not talking about testosterone therapy talking about supplementation and diet. I've even got breathing coaches. I've got business coaches on our staff. And so when someone comes in to work with us and the community's one, but hey, I want actual coaching, they can actually get to work with a team of coaches that will help them revolutionize their entire lives. And so that's that's what we build. That's what we've done with my executive clients. Oftentimes we'll do a trip together um, one of my clients came down with me. It was, it was actually a lot of fun. He signed up to work with me in February. So he flew out to Florida, came out to a men's tactical weekend that a friend of mine was running in Florida. Uh, the, two days after the event, we found a hotel on the beach. We visioned his life. We visioned his business. We spent time together, had meals together, just got to know one, one another really well. But then now it's been the daily work, multiple phone calls a month. But I think, look, I can list features all day long. I think, though, the features are not nearly as important as the outcomes. We have men breaking a million for the first time in their life this year in our group, which is incredible to witness. We've got guys who who are having their first child. We've got two guys that just had their first child over the last couple of months. We've got another guy who was walking through a, a very difficult divorce and separation that we were walking him through. And so guys are coming for a number of different areas but I don't believe that anything has one single facet. That's why I'm not just going to work with you on your business. We're going to work with you your entire life because everything around you is all tied to one another. It's all holistic. There's nothing that's off. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's actually the conversation I've been having with a lot of people in the gym world because Mm -hmm. I come from healthcare. And so health is a big focus for me in conversation in my daily life, but I'm telling people, I'm like, okay, 
you can come sling weights around all day, but you are not fixing the internal. Everything starts inside. Yes. Everything starts on with your the quality of your thoughts. Are you feeling any of your feelings? Because I mean, that's the other caveat to the fatherless homes is that then they don't even know what emotions are anymore. And so then it's all this confusion between fear and emotions when it's like, it's okay to admit that you're sad. Yes. You know, like it's, if that is what's stopping you, then talk to somebody about that kind of thing. But your, your health, your wellness is everything. It's what you're listening to. It's who you're around, the environments you're living in your everyday life. And so I love that your business incorporates all the things because that is what will make you successful in your overall life is looking at every different facet because it's a domino effect. Yeah, 100%. And it's cool to have also a very broad background on a lot of the guys that are in there because the power of the mastermind is huge. I think people forget how important relationships are. Look, you can sit in the office all day long and work endless hours. I've done it for years. The second I hired on the right teammate who understood, who had the right perspective and the right background, it took things to a completely different level. And so we've been able to see not only, you know, okay, you're a part of the group and community, you're a part of your smaller circle of friends, so you got deeper relationships, you've got access to me and the other coaches that are helping, but even going beyond that to the next step has been incredible um, of having guys be able to help one another. And you're only one relationship away from unbelievable things. Every relationship is a door to an entirely new world. Not only what they know and what they bring to the table, but the opportunities they have, the other people they know. It is crazy. Once you start talking to people, you go, oh, you know that person? Wait, you were in a room with Kanye West last week? How how does does that work? You know, we have a room with Kanye like two weeks ago and he just pops in the group. He's like, oh yeah, guess who I was with yesterday? We're going like, it's just started to paint a picture to a number of the guys. You are very few degrees of separation between yourself and what you want, but a lot of it comes down, if not the majority of it comes down to who you're tied to. And so that's, again, it's all based around relationship, not just the what, not just the how. On the other hand, while we do talk about emotions and what's real, I don't want to also paint a picture that this is a touchy-feely group. I am gathering the right type of man. I'm gathering the type of men that I want to be challenged by and with. I want men that can take a punch in the mouth and can also deliver it. I want men to tell me the truth. Yeah. There's another thing too. It's like, it's, it's great to feel for me and want to encourage me, but what about kicking my ass when I need it? Yeah. That's what boys need that they're not getting, which is why they're getting their ass kicked by a cop in the street. Yeah. Their father (laughs) never did it for them. Yeah. So, I mean, I could go on forever and ever about the, the cool parts of this, but the relationships, the ability to see men's lives transformed in real time. I think it's incredible. And for these guys to walk away and not just go, okay, I had a coach or a teacher for a period of time. These are men that, that I get to stay in their lives for the long term. These are guys who I develop an actual relationship with and relationships with one another. And it, it's amazing to watch what takes place in every area of their life when they find the right tribe of men. Yes. Yes. Okay. So wrap this up here with how men <laughs> you need to find your tribe of men. And that's actually something I've been preaching a lot on social media. Is it like men, you need other men. And eventually I will find more women that I can 
collaborate with on like, okay, how as women can we support these men? But I feel like what has been more of a strong need is being able to build these bridges for these men to connect with these other men. Because I am very social. So I get, I like, I make relationships with so many people. And so now I'm like, okay, how can I utilize that? And connect all these people together because it's not necessarily what you know, it's who you know sometimes. So to connect all these people together, which has been, you know, kind of my focus right now. So men, you need each other. Find someone like Gabriel and connect with him and then bring other men. That's the thing is that when think about how good you feel when you're walking in your purpose and this is what you're living every day. It is infectious. It's contagious. So then that creates a ripple effect in itself by you just existing like this. You are inspiring and empowering and challenging other people to yeah. rise up with you by just existing, yeah. which is amazing. Well, and those, and those relationships like you talked about in learning how they tie together, it ties together when you know where you're headed. When you know where you're headed, you know how the relationships fall into place. You know the puzzle pieces. And so, again, pointing guys back to get clear on what you want. Get clear on the life results that you want. Get clear on who you want to be. And then call me and let's talk about it. Uh, I'll hop on the line with anybody for 15 minutes or so and just chat. Hey, what's going on in your life? If people want to work beyond that, we can talk about it. See if it's a fit. But know where you want to go, even if it's general. And part of this, too, is forward movement brings clarity. I tell my guys all the time, you've played Zelda, you've played Grand Theft Auto, you don't get to see the whole map. You don't. If you think you're going to have the whole map figured out before you get started on your journey, it's going to be a problem. You've got to go complete missions for the rest of the map to be revealed to you. A part of this is just stepping out in that fear of, well, I don't know what I want. I don't have a vision. Okay, well, let's start excavating that. What are your gifts? What are the things that light you on fire? What are the things that make you want to change the world? You want out of your nine to five? Great. We can start a business you don't care about, or we can do something that makes you feel fulfilled and helps you bring the change in the world you really want. And there is room for it. Don't let anybody tell you there isn't. I've met plenty of people and and there's nothing wrong with doing it this way, but it's like, well, I'm going to go build this type of business because it's one that'll never go away. I'm like, great, but at least you know why. It's because you want to be able to move on to your passions. I'm the opposite. I don't want to go build businesses that I don't like. I'll buy them just because they're boring. I want to go apply my time to changing the world. So that's how I'm built. I'm very much heart first. And then the business, some people are business first so they can get to the heart. But I don't think there's any time to waste. If you die a year from now, will you be any better off because you started a bookkeeping company if you don't like bookkeeping? No. You will have just wasted your breath on something you're not excited about. Again, nothing wrong with it, but... What if you could have used that year to be everything you knew you needed to be? Well, and then the crazy thing is, is that people that are building things that they're not passionate about, they will keep themselves in struggle (laughs) because there's something deeper that's always calling, that's always pulling. So you'll create these challenges in your life because they are trying to push you out of that zone. Like they will keep you in that money struggle. This is what I've noticed about guys that are trying to pursue businesses mm-hmm. just to be, just to have a business, right? We're like, Oh, I like this. So I'm going to do that. And just because it makes money as opposed to, is that really what lights you up? So of course the business is going to constantly be struggling and it's going to constantly go through this like ebb and flow that are really intense ebb and flows because 
it's trying to challenge you to step away from that and really find what lights your soul on fire because you'll just constantly be butting up against that ceiling, like you were saying. Well, and you that's, know that I mean, I, I had a construction business for almost 20 years. Yeah. I never took the time to really scale it out and, and really do it. Well, why? Because I have no passion for it. I don't care. Yeah. It, it does nothing for me deep down in here. Should I have had the discipline to do it anyway? Yeah, quite honestly, if I was just, if I wasn't being what I was being at the time and I had to go through that change of going, I have to have vision. I have to be a man. I just have to do difficult things sometimes that suck just to yeah. get them done. But now you see what is happening in a very short period of time, short, a very short period of time with the coaching business. It's erupting, but it's because I care and there's something deep in me. This, this is not just it's not just something to do. It's not a job. It's a passion. It's a burning fire. This is war for me. And I think yeah. that's, that's the other thing I, you know, I want to communicate is this is war. This is my version of making war. I'm creating yeah. warlords. That's what I want to do. I want to create people who can fight. And so that, that burning desire in me is what's causing all of these things to happen because I care. On the other hand, I did hire that coach. And within three weeks of working with him, we tripled our take on our construction contracts because I was being so stupid. But um, there was one other thing that, and you just sparked this. I know we need to wrap it up, but there was one thing I was going to share. Um, oh, my goodness. Ar around the passion thing. Um, uh, if I remember, I'll message it to you or something. It was a good one, though. <laughs> well, that's what's unextinguishable, though. Yeah. That's the thing, is that when you are able to tap in to that fire in your belly, yeah, it's it's like you become a bulldozer for anything in your life where you're like, bring it, bring it, bring it because I'm, I'm ready, you yeah. know? And it doesn't matter what people are bringing to you because you're like, I know what this bigger vision looks like and I'm willing to do what it takes to get there because that fire becomes so strong that you have no choice, but to do something outside of you because inside you is so hot. Yes. <laughs> Now I remember what I was going to say. I knew you would. Everybody's got pain. Yeah. Right? And far too many people, like we going, eliminate everything in this conversation and we talk about faith and fear or love and fear, right? If you could eliminate it all, you got love and fear, faith and fear. The, um, oh my goodness. Jessica, I'm sorry. It just, it, the line just escaped me again. And I, I don't know what to say. The line completely escaped me. Um, oh my goodness. You're going to have to cut this part out. <laughs> oh, pain. We all have pain, right? The pain is what keeps us in the place of fear. That's quite honestly what kept me isolated for so long is because I had been burned by people I trusted who I had in my home, who I'd been vulnerable with, and they burned me and cast me aside. So oftentimes we're afraid of what those close relationships or yep. all of that will create for us. My pain is what kept me in fear. And that's what kept me where I was for 20 years. Okay. Your pain has a purpose. There is not a soul on the planet who is doing what I am doing, who did it just to do it. They were once who they were wanting to serve. Yes, you become who you needed. You, you have to become who yes. you needed. For me, blessed by God to have a father like my father. But I had that pain in my 20s. My dad had no father. And so there were things he didn't teach me. And I'm so in Because he just didn't know. I'm in so much pain. I need to know who to talk to. How do I get help? That's what made me do what I'm doing because I recognize the pain 
that these men are in. So if, if there's anything that anybody out there is going, like, what do I do? What is my passion? Go look for your pain. Pain, yeah. Because in your pain, you will find your purpose. Yeah. It's wild how it works. But your pain creates your purpose. Use it. It's a huge, huge thing to use. Yep. Yep. I love it. So we find you on Instagram yep. and your website, which you said earlier. And then I will most likely have this up in the next 24 hours. Great. So they can, I'll use your link to put on my show notes so they can look at your retreat. Yep. So it's at freemanforge.com. www. Whether you use it or not, doesn't matter. Just go to freemanforge.com. That's the site specifically about this event. That's actually the only website I have right now. I pulled my personal website down just because we're focusing on that right now. If you want to reach out yeah. to me personally, you can do that. Contact at freemanforge.com. You can reach out to my office. If you want to DM me on Instagram, you can. I'm on Facebook, but I probably, like you, got all my socials wiped a while back. And yeah. I said, but I'm not going to do it for a while. And then I just focused on one. So Instagram's the best place to find me right now or, or at that email address. But get in touch. Come out to the event. For your listeners, what I'll do is, because you're going to have this out in the next 24 hours, I'll just make sure that, that you'll have 500 bucks off of a registration, a standard registration, all the way until midnight Friday night. They can buy that, get 500 bucks off their ticket. And, uh, of course, yep, you have a link. They should definitely click through your link to give you some support as well. Um, but reach out to me. I, I'm accessible. I'm, I'm not, I am a busy guy, but I genuinely want to connect with people. I don't work with everybody I talk to. Not everybody's a fit. And it doesn't always just have to be about, can we work? I want to help you change your life. If I can be a part of that in 15 minutes, I will. If you'd like to work together longer than that to drastically and radically change your results, then let's do that. You know, but let's talk about it. Please reach out. And if you've got a heart for men, if you've got a heart to, to build what I'm building, if you go to that website and it resonates with you and something starts to tug inside of you, I am looking for men like you. That is who I am looking for. I am looking to expand this tribe. I am looking to equip men to change and shape the world. We're not going to sit by quietly. Churchill, what was Winston Churchill said, he said, history will be kind to me, for I intend to write it. I love it. Let's write it. Yep. I love it. Well, Gabriel, thank you so much for your time and for this interview. And I cannot wait to post it and for everybody to share it and listen to it. I mean, I am, that's been my conversation starter everywhere I go. I'm like, yeah, I have a podcast. You should listen. You should yeah. listen. So I've been sending it to all my friends and people too. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care if it's even the top rated or not, or how many people even listen to it. If it helps one freaking person, it has served its purpose. Yes. And that is what I want for this world. So thank you so much for your time. And I cannot wait for everybody to listen to it. And I hope you enjoy. Thank Have you a great day. for having me. I greatly appreciate it.